Amen. You may be seated. We, uh, as we're walking through Philippians and uh, experiencing the joy of Christ at every turn, today we'll uh, see why Paul calls us to, to praise um, Christ together. Uh, why, as we, when we gather and we, we lose ourselves in, in indeed that, that awesome power of God, that, that wonder of God that's untamable, that that in, enables us to put the stress of our conflicts and the stress of our anxieties um, aside to, to let them go as we lose ourselves in God's power and might. And that's what our passage today at uh, Philippians 4. But before we get there, I want to remind us again of our passage we've been living with this whole week, uh, Philippians 3.14, and invite us to, to say that together. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, for me, this week, this particular passage has been one that um, has um, woken me up in the morning. It's been the one that is, as soon as I wake up, and, uh, um, and for me, I'm pretty quick. I know some of you, it takes like an hour and a half to, to wake up. For, for me, I tend to wake up and I'm, I'm there. But it's been one that I've tried to make this one be, and sometimes it's just been a gift, you know, that it just, it's what wakes me up um, in the morning. To press on towards this, this heavenly call, towards this prize, towards this goal that God has for me and for us in Jesus that day. Because it's easy to wake up to the tasks of the day. Um, easy to, to wake up to the, maybe your own excitement, to the leisure of the day, to what, whatever it might be. It's easy to wake up for those things, whether it's you consider them good or bad. But this week has been one where this passage has helped me see every morning is worth getting up excited for. Because knowing that in this day, God's going to do something to continue to lead me and, and teach me for the, the goal, for the prize, for the, the call that He has on me. So I encourage you uh, to continue to, to live with these passages throughout the week. Make them, make them yours so that through the written word, you, you do encounter the, the joy of Christ at every turn, even in the morning. Uh, some of you, I know, you think that's a miracle beyond itself, that there can be joy in the morning. Yeah, you didn't know God was up that early, did you, Sam? But uh, God is. So today, uh, we look then specifically to even, not only can God bring joy in the morning, but can bring joy in the midst of our stress. So uh, I invite you to turn to Philippians chapter 4, starting with verse 2. And uh, it's found on 955 in your pew Bible. And we'll see that there's two um, originators of stress here. One is conflict, and the other is simply anxiety. So let's, uh, let's pray together. Gracious God, thank you for your written word. Thank you for your spirit who opens the, the ears of our soul and enables us to hear your truth, to uh, digest it into the depth of our being to, so that it does, your word continues to 
transform us, speaks to us of what is true and right and good and beautiful. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Philippians chapter 4, starting with verse 2. I urge you, Odia, and I urge Syntyche, to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you also, my loyal companion, help these women, for they have struggled beside me in the work of the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. And the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, the first thing we we see in this passage is that being a Jesus follower does not mean that our lives are freed from conflict and stress. And so if somewhere along the lines, somebody fed you that line that, that in Jesus means you don't have stress, you don't have anxiety, you don't have conflict, that's not in the deal. Because the, uh, we see it right here with Euodia and Syntyche. Now, those were not two names that were high on my list of names to name uh, daughters when it came to trying to choose a biblical name, but maybe not the case for you. And what I love about this is just that, you know, this just tells us how earthy, how real. I mean, these are real people. This is Paul writing to the church in Philippi. And and he's telling them, hey, you you got two folks there who are co-workers of mine. You know, these folks, their names are written in the book of life. They are followers of Jesus. They, they have been with me. They've been working with, side by side with me, giving their lives to, to spread the good news. And they got something between them. And I need you to help them. I, I think he's talking that my loyal companion is the church, you know, or the, the people there. He's saying, there's, there's an issue there among two people who I love and who are faithful laborers with me, and, and we got to deal with it. And I need you to, to, to help them address the, the conflict that they have. And it's in that context that then the next thing he says is, so rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You might look at it and think, you know, where's the connection? What, 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 what I, I think the rejoice in the Lord is really the controlling passage for this whole section, these whole three paragraphs, because what, he, what I think he's saying is that these, these two are, are in conflict with one another because they're, they're holding something as the, the reason and purpose for their joy that is maybe a good thing, maybe a, a really good thing, but it's not Jesus. 
They're holding something else above Jesus and that has gotten in the way. So what the way to deal with the conflict, one of the things that has to happen besides just getting it out is that you guys need to get together and, and praise Jesus together. I found that true for me in um, an imaginary, imagine it in, a, in a way of my imagination. <laughs> um, in that when there's someone with whom I'm angry, with whom I'm in conflict, with, with whom um, uh, they are in conflict with me, even though I can't understand why, um, what I'll do is I will imagine that person with me and Jesus with us. And I will imagine us celebrating Jesus together. And you know, it is amazing when Jesus is in the room, I can't slander that person. I I can't beat them up verbally or physically. I, I can do nothing. I can't act out of my hatred or anger or rage towards them when I imagine them and Jesus in the same room because Jesus' love and grace and mercy and righteousness and holy and purity, that, that, that power that is indescribable and untamable, that, that one who was there at the beginning of all time and just simply brought all things into being that are in being, when my enemy and I are there rejoicing before Jesus, all those things that I deem so important just fall almost as if they're not there. I think that's why Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in Him because He is what makes you one. You are one in Him. You are united in Him. And you will be in Him for all of eternity. So what do you got? Another 30, 40, 50, 80 years? That's nothing compared to the eternity that you're going to be with one another and Jesus together. So might as well start now. That's why, again, he says, rejoice in the Lord. It's not just a, you know, don't worry, be happy. It's not just a a Pollyanna, just let all those things go. It truly is rejoice in the Lord. Don't rejoice in the Lord. In, in all the other good things. Well, or rejoice in those, but don't let them be your ultimate joy. Don't rejoice only in the color of the carpet. Don't rejoice only in the, the, the music that we sing. Don't rejoice only in the success in, of the ministry. Remember Jesus telling that to the disciples when they went out to heal? The Gospel of Luke, and they, they came back, they they been used by God to heal people. They even Jesus said, yeah, I even saw the devil himself fall from his throne. But don't rejoice in that. Rejoice that your name is written in the book of life. Rejoice that you are my child. So when that is our joy, one, it's a joy that can never be taken away from us. For Paul says in his letter to the Romans, nothing can separate you from the love of God. It's a joy that will never fade because the object of the joy is indeed that indescribable, untamable God of the universe who loves us. 
the other thing that, that happens when we bring our enemy into the presence, we bring the conflict into the presence of our Lord and Savior, then again, it's a perfect time. It's a, a crucible of learning for us. Because it's there under the stress, under the pain of that conflict, or, or even the anxiety, as we'll look at in a minute. When we bring it before Him, then it's, we're open. You know, the, the stress causes, in a sense, more, the, little, the little cracks to become a little wider, in a sense, metaphorically, for His Spirit to take deeper root in us. Of course, we rejoice in the Lord, then He transforms us. And as Paul says here, let let your gentleness be known to everyone. It's a gentleness. It's a word that he, he uses to describe Jesus on a couple of accounts. He didn't use it earlier back in chapter 2, if you remember the, the hymn uh, of, of, of Jesus. Though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be, to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave. It's that gentleness also that, that can be described as generosity or uh, um, also could translate it, you know, it's the, the, the natural penchant to give the benefit of the doubt. You know, that's that's the, the nature of Jesus, that as we are rejoicing in Him, He then takes over in us and continues to transform us so that indeed in the middle of conflict or anxiety it is his gentleness that can guide us the events of the last week have been almost perfect illustration or at least a template for which to consider this passage. And, and by that, I mean, you know, September 11th, um, remembering September 11th yesterday and the, the remembering, you know, the, the evil and the loss and the grief and the pain of that moment. And considering the, the church in Florida that in response was saying, let's burn the Koran. I thought of that as I thought of this particular passage. And I'm like, doesn't, doesn't jive with me. I, I can't see how burning the Koran, of something of great value to other people, demonstrates the gentleness of Jesus. Uh, I can't see how a brother in Christ with, with whom we share the same Savior and Lord, the same Lord who taught us clearly how to address our enemies, who taught us to, to bless our enemies, to pray for them, to love them. I can't see how doing that or even feigning to do that is something that demonstrates His gentleness. On, on, in Saturday's papers, I was reading that, there was also an editorial about two women who were widows because of September 11th. And how soon after September 11th, what they did was start an organization called Beyond the 11th. And they recognized in their pain and grief, in, in their conflict, in their stress, that there were other women in Afghanistan that were enduring the same thing. 
for a whole bunch of different reasons. But they were also widows. I don't know that these two women didn't say anything about their, in the article and what I saw, their kind of faith, but just simply in their, their common humanity. They said, we, we want to join with those women. And we want to support one another in our grief and pain. We, we want to provide resources for us and for them to move forward, even though we've lost our spouse because of war or disease or whatever it is. And I, in the same newspaper, I was looking at those two responses to such an evil act. And, and as I thought about the person of Jesus and the gentleness of Jesus and brought him in, imagined him in the midst of that, I thought, you know, which, which one best looks like? Which one best represents that nature of Jesus? It was pretty an pretty easy decision. As we rejoice in the Lord, as we lose ourselves in Him, in His grace, in His mercy, in His beauty, in His righteousness, then as we celebrate and enjoy His gentleness, then His strong gentleness fills us and enables us to address the stress, the anxiety, the conflict that we face. Paul goes on to, to say, after he says, you know, the, Lord, the Lord is near, the, the Lord is with you, enabling you then to do this. Then verse 6, Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, not only do we invite the one with whom we have conflict, but we also invite the anxiety. Invite the anxiety into the room, into the place with Jesus, and we lay it as his, at His feet. As we rejoice in Him, we recognize His power and might, and it helps us, if not just for a moment, to lay aside that anxiety, to, to be lost in Him and His joy, and to set the stress, what, however great it might be, aside for a moment. And then even when we, we might lose the, the emotional, the therapeutic power of the emotion of the moment in praise, if we continue to bring it before Jesus, I've found that there's real healing and comfort when we bring that stress to Him. When we come before Him openly and honestly, not as, as Phyllis shared with us earlier, not trying to hide it, but just let it all out. Let the stress out in the presence of Jesus. And what I found that in that honesty, that the Jesus deal, continues to deal with, with me in His strong gentleness, uh, oftentimes telling me, well, you know, Smith, the, the reason... He calls me that sometimes. The, the reason you're anxious is because you're ill-prepared. Now, I know you got a biology test, but did you study? Did you listen in class? I mean, I know you got a sermon in 30 minutes, but, you know, did you prepare? Yeah, so sometimes there's just that gentle honesty that speaks to me that says, well, you know, next time maybe you might want to study or might want to read the passage. And oftentimes... What he'll speak to me about is that I've got the wrong focus. 
You know, that the, the stress and anxiety naturally have, have distracted me and have taken me like Peter walking on the water, you know, taking my eyes off of Jesus, off of God and His power and put it on myself or the situation at hand inappropriately. I mean, for me, the most stressful day of the week, Saturday night and Sunday morning, early. You know, it's beforehand. Going to bed Saturday, going to sleep Saturday night is always the hardest thing. And getting up uh, uh, Sunday morning, I come in early and just I'll walk the, through the sanctuary when it's dark and nobody else is here and just being with the Lord, laying that before Him. And, and often in that time, God will, will speak to me. I mean, some to addressing what the sermon's about. And sometimes, more time, often than not, it's more of, you know, why are you worried? You know, what are you, what are you anxious about? And I'll never forget one time, it was early this summer, and I came in in the morning and the air conditioner wasn't on, and it was hot. And I came in, I was like, oh no, the air conditioner's not on. This is going to be terrible. People are going to be upset, complaining, start all kinds of stories of what's going on. This is awful. So I got texted people and, that knew about it and said, you know, what do we do about this? And, and as I was um, praying about, you know, 10 minutes later, it popped on. I'm like, oh, praise the Lord. And as I was walking a little bit more, it was, the Lord just sort of whispered to me, do you have that same longing that you have for the physical comfort of an air conditioner and just the ease that that would make it for you and for everyone else? Do you have that same longing that the souls and hearts of you and everyone in here would be on fire for me? Why are you anxious about a sermon? Is, is it because you want to be sure you communicate exactly what I want to say? Or, or is it about you want to be well received? Is it that you, you want renewal for my glory or honor? Or do you want it so that you too can be a pastor getting your picture on the front of the newspaper? Yeah, so in, in only the Lord's gentleness and truth, as I bring that anxiety before Him, that stress, it, He teaches me. He molds me. He, he leads me to a, a, a different place, being transformed in here, a, being transformed in Him, a, a place indeed of His freedom. We rejoice in the Lord. In the midst of conflict, in the midst of our anxiety, we bring them in our joy before Him, and and He then does His work. And I want want you to notice in this passage, it doesn't say, you know, bring your re- re- uh, request unto God, and God will give you what you want, and it, it bring your anxiety before Him, because and He'll take your anxiety away. He doesn't even say that. It's not that the stress and the anxiety or the conflict goes away. What, what He promises here is that He will guard my heart and your heart. He will guard our minds. He will guard our very soul. He will keep us in Himself no matter how great the stress, no matter how great the anxiety, no matter how overwhelming the conflict. As we bring it before Him, as we, in in celebration unto Him, bring Him the, the stress that we feel, we get it out before Him. What He promises to do is not take it away, but to guard our hearts and minds in Him so that we are still with Him. 
no matter what we feel, no matter how great the anxiety or the conflict. And I, I think of Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. I mean, talk about stress. I mean, the man was sweating blood, literally, because of the stress, the anxiety that was upon him, the conflict, the cosmic conflict between good and evil, between God and the devil himself. And that stress was not removed from him. But he was guarded in the fullness of his humanity, in the power of the Holy Spirit within him. He was guarded so that he would take exactly the steps that the Father had planned for him to take. That he would fulfill, guarding his heart and mind in the fullness of his humanity, he would fulfill exactly what the Father had for him to do. And that is the power of rejoicing in God. That is the power of letting the stress out before Him. That He promises. He promises in our anxiety, in our pressure, that He will continue to guard us. He will keep us. He will keep us on the path for Him. He refuses even to let the anxiety, stress, and conflict separate us from Him. Now, what I invite you to do for the, just the remainder of the time is to be in touch with what that, that anxiety is, what the stress is, what the conflict is. Be, be in touch with that for you or maybe if not for you, for another. And, and lay it out. You know, lay it out b- before the Lord in your own mind or in a way that, that you need to. Just uh, apply this passage clearly. You know, even imagine if you need to, if it helps you. You know, those of us that are introverts that really do a lot of our work up in here. You know, imagine Jesus in the presence of whatever the anxiety is, the stress, or the, the person with whom you have conflict. And in that imagination, let a worship service break out. Celebrate. Rejoice in Jesus. And let, indeed, God be God and do His work. Let's uh, say together our memory verse for this week. Again, invite you to um, use this throughout uh, the week uh, for whatever context it might be. I can imagine a number of you will have conflict come up. You will have stress right in your face. And God, I pray, will just bring this right to your mind. Philippians 4.4. Let's uh, say this together. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say, rejoice.